Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the lead wealth strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Well, welcome everybody. This is Derek Van Ness again on the Small Business Big Life Podcast, here to sprinkle a little bit of magic, a little bit of wisdom into your day. And I have the pleasure today of having a very good friend of mine on the show. His name is Brandon Allen. And this guy has more wisdom in his left pinky than most of us do in our entire head because he's worked with so many business owners and seen so much good and a lot of bad. So Brandon, welcome to the show. Oh man, I think we should probably just stop right here, man. After that introduction, it may be very disappointing from here on out. (laughs) Well, at least I set a high bar. So even disappointing can be you know, mountaintop, maybe. That's not. right. That's right. Yeah. So Brandon, before we jump into the show, can you give us like the the 30 second introduction? Who are you? What do you do? And how can people connect with you if they start uh, picking up on some of your wisdom here? Absolutely. So my name is Brandon Allen, as, as Derek already said, and um, I started a company 13 years ago called New Work Revolution, because I have the crazy idea that People should enjoy the work environments that they work in. And we do that primarily for entrepreneurs. And what we want to do is we want to help business owners create a business by design so that they can in turn create a life by design. And so that's uh, that's what we do. We coach, we teach, we facilitate, and we help people have breakthroughs that help them see what's next for them to accomplish those things. Very, very cool. And if people like what you have to say or they want to find out more about that, where do they contact you or how can they reach you? Absolutely. The best way to do that is newworkrevolution.com. Again, that's newworkrevolution.com. That's got our podcast, videos, all the stuff that we do there. So that's the best place to go. Awesome. And our our podcast here is pretty new, but Brandon's been doing his since I think there was dinosaurs still running around. So oh, yeah, man, 2008, <laughs> man, podcasts weren't even cool back then. I remember because when I started in 2014 with my first podcast, I think you already had like 3000 downloads per show on average or something crazy. So, yeah. so you're, you're literally a pioneer. Like you probably did your first show with a staff in your hand as you were pioneering I mean, that. Yeah, absolutely. Read from stone tablets, man. That's where we put our content. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I know personally that you have worked with thousands of business owners over the last decade, and you've seen a ton of good, a ton of bad. If you could drop one piece of advice on the people listening right now, one one pillar that maybe they could really take to heart, what would you share with them? Yeah, it's interesting, Derek. I mean, depending on when you'd ask me this question, it would have varied a ton. And at this stage in my life, as I've gotten a little older, my kids are a little older, and we have worked with so many business owners. It's really about self-discovery and understanding who you are as an individual. And I know for a lot of people, that sounds super cliche and maybe in some ways not very interesting. But 
what I've noticed is, is that for the business owners and the people in life who are willing to peel back the layers and really get clear on what hangups they have, what they're afraid of, what their real purpose is, what really gets them excited and really give themselves permission to play a bigger game. Uh, because we see people who play a big game right now, but they're not playing the game they could play. And there's things that get in their way and hold them back from playing that. And what I've noticed is, is that the business owners and the people that I've coached who are willing to really dive into why they do what they do, good and bad, they've had tremendous amounts of success, peace, a lack of burnout, all the things that we really want and why we started a business to begin with. So uh, it's not like a uh, you know, you should do this SEO trick or you should build a funnel and that's going to make all your dreams come true. But I believe that through that process of understanding yourself better, you'll relate to the world differently in all the different things that you experience, which will help you to be successful in whatever your definition of success is. Okay. So I can't let this go unasked. I want a little bit of how people do that. Cause it, it's one thing to be like, yeah. Oh, be, be transparent, let go of all your fears charge yeah. toward the moon. But like, is that a, you need to see a therapist, you need a coach, you need to read books, you need to go to seminars, you need to stand in the mirror and chant crazy sayings to yourself. Like what, what does that look like? Or give us a, maybe a practical application of how clients who have done that successfully have been able to do it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to talk about someone else. What I'll do is I'll talk about me. Okay. And so over the years, what I've recognized is, you know, I had things on the surface that looked really good. Like for me, success was a real driver for me. Like I wanted to be a winner mm -hmm. and I wanted other people to see that I was a winner too. On the surface, that looks good because what showed up around me in a lot of ways was winning. But internally, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of doubt, there was a lot of concern, and what really brewed underneath that desire to look good was anger. Mm -hmm. And so that anger would come out in uh, experiences with my kids, experiences with my wife, interactions with clients, interactions with employees. And so for me, what I had to recognize is, okay, why am I so angry? Okay, I want control okay, why do I want control? Hmm. What is that about? Oh, you know what? When I was a kid, my world was not in control. And so because of that, I had a lot of fear. And so I, I worked really hard to control my world. And now I've related to the world in that way to control outcomes, to control people. That was a thing that I did quite a bit. And so for me, the first thing is to notice the things that are going on around me and, and recognize that you know, there's a reason why I respond the way that I do. And it's not because I was born that way, right? God didn't make me an angry person. That happened after I was created. And so uh, what are some things that I did with that specifically? Uh, I'm not ashamed to tell people that I've done therapy for the last three years. It's been tremendously helpful in me being a better husband, being a better father, and quite frankly, being a better business owner, someone who instead of trying to win in business for the sake of winning, I can really truly try to create value for other people by not posturing, not pretending like I'm something that I'm not, not trying too hard to get certain results that 
um, that are just for vanity purposes. They're not really because I'm trying to do something meaningful for someone else. And Mm -hmm. so that's been especially helpful. Uh, I've done marriage counseling with my wife. You know, we spent a couple of years where we worked on our marriage and just got real, got things out on the table and really talked about what was really going on. And through coaching, my own coaching that I've done through other coaches, I've been able to see things like uh, areas where I've been a perfectionist, areas where, and so I'll give you an example of what that looked like because I I just talked about this with someone recently. you know, I never thought of myself as a perfectionist. In fact, in most areas, I would seem very laid back, very casual. But I recognize that in how I scheduled my day, if you looked at my calendar, maybe five years ago, what you would see is a fine tuned, well oiled machine of every 15 minutes is spoken for. And here's the problem with that. Number one, it has to all work out every day or it's shit and it doesn't work. Okay. So that's the first problem. The second one was relationally. I was so worried about executing my day to perfection and getting the results that I desired to look good. If my wife stopped me and said, Hey, I got to tell you about this thing that happened at work. Or let me tell you about this thing that I had with the kids. What would annoy me about that conversation was not that my wife was talking to me, but that I had not a lot of time in my day to talk to her about this thing. So as she's talking to me, I'm visibly irritated. She can tell I'm irritated. And then she says, hey, I'm thinking maybe you don't want to talk to me. Is that true? And then I'm like, why would you ever say that? Of course, that's not true. Of course, I want to talk to you when my inner dialogue is saying, boy, I would really like to not talk to you right now because you're ruining my perfect schedule. So Looking at scheduling, just as an example, and and I know a lot of business owners who run like this, it's exhausting. And when we think about why we run a business, why would we do that? That's worse than having a job, but that's how I ran for a long time. Boundaries is something that has come up for me in coaching, recognizing times where I have too many boundaries and also times where I have not very many boundaries. And so when you look at it from a practical standpoint, from a business owner, if you're a business owner who has too many boundaries, you're a business owner who micromanages, you're a business owner who tends to be very bureaucratic and centralizes all the decisions through you. Mm-hmm. You're someone who uh, overschedules like myself and, <laughs> and really tries hard to really control the results that they get. Now, the byproduct of that is you end up doing too much. And this is a business owner who burns out. Now, here's the irony. The flip side of this sort of person who has too many boundaries is the person who doesn't have any boundaries. And the person who has no boundaries doesn't have a schedule. They don't follow through on things because they let the day kind of come to them. And so what they end up doing is they do the thing that everyone else wants them to do. They never play their game. So instead of trying to play their game and operating in their purpose and what they do well, they end up playing everyone else's game. And so they go from fire to fire. Everything's very loose. Everything's very open-ended. And what happens is, is that business owner burns out also because they also have too many things on their plate. So what do we do about this? In a practical sense, there's a few things that we can do as a business owner, and that's to recognize What are the boundaries that can exist in our business to really help us with this? So when I talk about self-discovery, this is where some of these things come in. Purpose is one of them. What are you good at? So I worked in the corporate world for 10 years. Someone asked me one time, what are you good at? And I'm like, I don't know. All I want to do is get promoted. I want to get promoted, make more money. 
Now, what's funny about that is I hated my job. So the genius who gets promoted to make more money only gets promoted doing more responsibilities of things that they already hated. That was what I did for the first decade of my life is that because I didn't understand my purpose. I didn't know what my game was. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we talk to business owners about is find your game. And so we do that by, you know, by asking the right questions and really helping them hone in on, okay, what is it that I really do best? And so we start there, know what your purpose is, understand your values. So I would love to tell you that I'm such an altruistic human being that I've always <laughs> lived my values 100% all the time and always done the right things. I haven't. In fact, there's been many times where I've sacrificed my family at the expense of work, even though family is a much more important thing to me. Um, I've done that. I've put myself in positions work-wise that really were not congruent with who I wanted to be as a father and who I wanted to be as a husband, but that's what I did. But the reason why a lot of us do this is number one, we don't know what our values are. We've never articulated them. We've never gotten clear on them. And number two, we don't have any sort of mechanisms to look at them and review them and just to really check in how well am I doing with regards to this? So there's a lot of other things that we can do. Mission, vision, and values, articulating those in our business, setting goals, but understanding also, and this is something that I've realized over the years is that, you know, I set goals, not because I want to achieve outcomes, but because I want to play the game in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. And so if that means that I achieve certain outcomes, that's awesome. But I think sometimes we get so outcome driven that we, that, that we set goals that sometimes are too small and that we can hit every year. I mean, I'll talk to business owners who set their yearly objectives. And then in February, they're like, dude, I got them all nailed them. And I'm like, dude, they're <laughs> annual objectives. They weren't two month objectives, man. They were annual objectives. Like, why did you set such a, a low bar that you could hit everything that you wanted to accomplish in two months? They're playing the wrong game. They're playing to achieve outcomes versus playing the game. So I want to have boundaries that, that help me play a more uh, limitless game so that I can you know, achieve the things that I know I'm truly capable of within my purpose. And so that's just kind of a snapshot of how do we take that concept of self-discovery and really make it practical because all of those things that I just talked about require some introspection, they require some thought, and they require some examination of around how good am I doing these things and where am I at with them. And that's where having someone else talk to you about it can be very helpful, whether that be a coach, whether that be a therapist, a counselor, a mentor, whatever that is, all those things are tremendously valuable. Yeah. And what, what I heard in there, Brandon, and first, uh, I appreciate you just being transparent and laying it out there because I think that's that's really helpful for people when they can see like, not what, what does the pretty work look like, but what, is, what does it really take? Um, but also that there's a lot of nuance there. I find in relationships, but also in business and finding this balance, it's never all the way one way or the other. It's not all business or all family. It's like, how do I find that nuance? And sometimes it's a little more business and sometimes it's a little more family. And, and I think what you're talking about is really raising your own self-awareness so that you can key into when you need to turn it up or turn it down, that you can be aware of what's happening in your business and with your family. And then, like you said, having values that you can use as guardrails to, to stay in the direction you want instead of just what you feel like. Cause sometimes those aren't the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So can I add to that? Sure. I love that because that reminded me of something that I wanted to say earlier and I didn't. So the byproduct of both 
people, right? The over-controller and the under-controller, the person who has too many boundaries, the person who doesn't have enough is busyness. And as you mentioned, Derek, when we're busy, we're not aware and we're not open and we're not conscious. And there's no one, you know, I, I tend to be a very task-oriented person. I know other people who tend to be more relational in nature. I'm the kind of guy that's like, roll up your sleeves. Let's get this shit done as quickly as possible, right? So if mm-hmm. I go on a hike with my wife, she's looking at all the flowers and the scenery. And all I'm thinking about is like, how quick do we get to the end? Yeah. And we time it because we should have a race. It should be a race. Like we should see, can I get back faster than I went out or whatever, right? Like yeah. that's what I do. And I've had to learn over the years to slow down and pay attention to what's going on and notice what's happening around me and notice how I feel about the things that are happening around me. And that has been something for me personally that has not been second nature. And Mm -hmm. the more I've done that, as you mentioned, Derek, it's really helped me to open myself up to what's really going on in the world Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing inside of that, which I think is so critical. Yeah. And I'll be straight with you like this past year with all the noise around the election and all the other turmoil has been harder for me than, than many other times in my life, because it feels like it is loud. It is busy. And I, I've had to really like restructure and recreate how I'm going to stay in touch with my awareness and, and check in more because it's real easy to get pulled out of that. And when I get pulled out of that, like you said, I get really task oriented and I have those interactions that are like you were talking about with your wife, whether those are with clients or, or loved ones or whatever. And it's like, the whole reason I'm here is to take care of my clients and loved ones. Why am I like kicking those people when they come to me for help or they want to share or they want to connect and, uh, and staying in a place where I can be, that is, is really important to me. So yeah, really appreciate the insight. Uh, really appreciate you sharing some of the things that you've done, because I think there, there's a lot of lip service given out there to like, take care of yourself, improve yourself or whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't want to like throw someone under the bus and this is just going to be a cliche, but you know, Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week. And then people I know who know him are like, yeah, that guy doesn't work four hours a week. He like works four hours a minute. Right. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not like banging on him, but like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, self-love and blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, they're behind the curtain. They're you know, doing everything that's the opposite of that. I really appreciate that you you've done the work. So tell us, tell me a little bit about how you've built your business. Cause I think there's a lot of people who would love to be business coaches, business consultants, personal coaches, kind of in that vein of, you know, you've kind of transitioned through a lot of that. Uh, tell us how you were able to get your business to where it is now, because I know it's been like a zigzag for you. So, so yep. share some of that. For sure. So Um, what's interesting is I'd love to give you like the really sexy story of like, you know, I was on a walk one day and then a unicorn came by me and it whispered in my ear, Brandon, now is the time for you to be an entrepreneur and start a business. And I was like, oh my God, but I don't have any seed capital. And then a leprechaun came and gave me a pot of gold. And I was like, holy shit, like this is providential, man. Like this is the time to get started. Um, but no, Unfortunately, that is not what happened. I moved back to Salt Lake to take a job. I ended up being in this job. And then the circumstances around the financial crash in 08 uh, ruined the company that I worked for and thus displaced me as an employee of this company. So here I am. I have no job. I come home. I tell my wife, I'm like, cool, man. So 
Um, you know, that job we moved back to Salt Lake for, um, yeah, that doesn't exist. And so, yeah, we're both here with no jobs. And, uh, you know, the good news is, is that, um, you know, we just had our third kid, so that's going well. And so, um, so I sit there and I have a conversation with my wife and I said, you know, I could go back and do things that I know I've already done. And it would be really comfortable. It would be really easy. And you know what? I would hate it the entire time. And my wife said, you know what? I don't want you to do that. And I said, but what I've been thinking about doing is looking at how we can strategically interact with business owners and really help them make sense of some of their world so that they feel like they can be more productive, but not in a way that creates burnout and overwhelm and things like this. And so uh, I talked with my wife about it and she said, and I said, Hey, um, you know, do you want to do that? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay. Um, you know, we'll probably be poor for, you know, a few years and, and trying to figure it out. And so the beginning stages of the, of the business really in, in the phase, you know, let's say the first phase of the business was really about just making introductions. I mean, we really networked a ton. Every single networking engagement, all these things we did, um, we we really spent a ton of time doing that. And I tried to do speaking engagements as much as I could. And I mean, I spoke at a karate dojo. I mean, you name it, man. I <laughs> I did all sorts of stuff, man. It's like, um, I, I mean, I I tried to just get myself out there and really practice and get the reps in as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And I tried to pick up kind of uh, projects that weren't really, they were kind of more like, hey, would you be like a an interim COO or a, an outsource COO for our company? And so I did that for certain companies while I was trying to get the coaching and consulting off the ground, just so I had a little bit of money to, you know, at least live off of. And when I say a little bit, um, I really mean a little bit of money <laughs> to, to make that work. And so, you know, we, we did that. And then, um, you know, you and I have a, a mutual friend, Garrett, who mm -hmm. called me out of the blue and he just said, Hey, you'd always talked about building a business coaching program for our clients. Um, what do you think about coming back and doing that? And it was really funny because, you know, this is true Garrett fashion. Um, I said, yes. And then he said, oh, that's cool, man. I just sold four people into your program this weekend. So um, I love <laughs> that, that he was selling a program that didn't exist that I hadn't agreed to, but that was really a shot in the arm for us. So through that strategic partnership, we were able to build other partnerships with other companies as well during that time. And those became lead sources for us. That's kind of where we got a lot of our clients and it helped us to really prove our concept and see, you know, how good of a job that we were doing. And what's interesting in this is what we thought we were going to do and how we thought we were going to do it was completely different from how it evolved and how it came about, right? It's like, yeah. you know, Michael or Mike Tyson saying, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that was really, you know, we thought we had it figured out. We thought we knew what we were going to do and how we were going to interact. And what we were doing initially wasn't really that good and clients didn't really resonate with it that well. So it caused us to go back to the drawing board and reiterate. And so we did that for a long time. I and mean, we did partnerships and 
speaking and outreach and things like that. And I think over time, you know, we got to a place where we really could deliver the goods, where we started to become a referable company, a company that people felt like, you know what, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, we really like having them. I got better as a facilitator. I got better as a trainer. I got better as a coach, you know, through just a bunch of uh, seminars, coaching workshops of my own to build myself up and my skills. And, and that's what we did. I mean, we kind of dumped, we jumped in there, we, we sucked and then we got better. <laughs> and then, you know, we figured, you know, over time we were able to create more value for people and, and, and make things work. And I think we were really fortunate to have some good partnerships at the beginning that really helped us get our feet wet and start to make a name for ourselves. And we were able to take that and, and build it from there. And so, um, you know, we've kind of evolved into uh, this whole thing of of coaching and training and facilitation on site for companies that really deliver a lot of value and that people enjoy. And, um, you know, we joked about the whole podcasting thing, but probably one of the first things I did initially was build my platform. So I, I met with a bunch of guys from the Wizard of Ads in Austin, Texas, a lot of guys that were associated with that. They actually did a workshop here in Salt Lake for us. And it's funny because I just did a workshop with these guys um, a couple of weeks ago, and I hadn't seen some of these guys since that workshop in 08. And it had a profound effect on me. I mean, I wrote, I think, six to 700 articles in two years. I did a podcast episode a week. I filmed a bunch of videos that I'll never show anyone again. They've been taken <laughs> down. But I filmed all these videos, recorded all these shows, wrote all these articles just to really formulate my thoughts and ideas of what I really thought what I really wanted to, you know, impact people with. And that helped us get some traction. You know, people started listening to the show. People started, someone nominated one of my blog posts for uh, one of their favorite self-development articles on a pretty well-known life coaching site. And so that guy reposted our blog. We got tons of traffic from stuff like that over the years. And so we just had these little, these little events. And then probably like, you know, this is this is the interesting thing, I think, in business growth and development. There's just been so many people along the way who made a difference. And it wasn't like a hundred people. It was like a handful of people. Like I could literally tell you five people or less that made a tremendous impact on our success. It was the person who nominated my article. It was our friend Garrett who gave me the opportunity to coach some of his clients as a partner. And, and then that led to other partnering opportunities with other companies. And then there was a client of mine who just, they really loved the work that we did. And I remember him saying this, he said, Hey, I would love to sponsor an event for you um, in my area. He's like, Hey, if I could get some business owners together and do an event, would you be willing to do that? And so I remember being very cynical about this because as you probably know this, Derek, I hear people tell me this crap all the time. And then I've shown up to an event and there's like three people there. And I flew to like New Jersey from Salt Lake to be at this event for three people. And I'm like, dude, like what a waste of my time. Um, why am I here? I just spent like a thousand dollars to come out here. And, uh, you know, there's three people here. So I've heard this before. So I remember I thought I'm going to be smart about this and I'm going to say, okay, you got to pay me a flat fee, right? If I'm going to mm -hmm. come up there and do that, you got to pay me a flat fee. So I told him what the flat fee was. And then he said, well, should I charge people to come? And I said, it would be better if you did. That way they're more inclined to show up. So he, he charged them like $500 a head. 
Mm-hmm. And he was, he initially offered to split the gate with me. And I just said, no, just pay me a flat fee. That's fine. Well, he calls me in two weeks and he said, Hey, I have 50 business owners who've paid to attend <laughs> this event. So I'm sitting there thinking, shit, I should have taken the 50 50. I'm such an idiot. Right. But I was so worried about protecting myself. Well, I go to the event and I do it. And I think we got like 13 clients out of this event. And that was, that was just one of those turning points that from those clients, we got a ton of referrals. And I mean, it just really kind of built something, you know, it just really helped us build something bigger. And so Mm -hmm. we've had just a handful of people who've believed in us over, you know, the last 13 years that have made a tremendous difference. And the reason why I bring that up is I think sometimes we get so worried about impacting thousands of people and millions of people. But honestly, you can build a pretty damn good business just by having a few people who are influencers, who are impact people in your corner that can really make all the difference. And honestly, for us, that's what happened. Yeah. Well, and, and here's what's interesting is it came down to a couple and and having been in sales all my life and everything, I think the reason that you got those relationships was you were out there every day, right? You were, you know, a lot of times it's like you're, if you were playing baseball, you get a single, you get a single, you strike out, you walk, you get a single, and then you get a home run. And that home run really, you know, has a massive impact and kind of helps you take that jump. I think a lot of people try to cherry pick, oh, if I could just get this one key relationship, you know, it's, it's like, I'm going to use a dating analogy, but I had a, a younger guy who was dating and he's like, he wouldn't go talk to any, any girls. He was really shy. And I'm like, well, what's the deal? Why, why aren't you putting yourself out there? And he's like, well, I'm just waiting for the one. And I'm like, here's the deal. If you don't go out and practice, if you don't get good, if you don't learn how to talk to people and relate to people and flirt and all these other things, when the one comes, you're going to be sitting there not knowing what to do. Like you don't have your game honed. And what I'm hearing you say is you went out and you did the work, you did the reps, right? You did all the speaking, you did all the videos, you did all the stuff so that when you got that opportunity, when the home run came to sit in front of those 50 clients or whatever, you were able to knock it out of the park because you'd done the reps. You didn't just wait for that opportunity. And when it came, show up like it was your first rodeo, you'd been to the game a bunch of times over and over and over. And your content was much better and you knew how to engage audiences. You knew how to close, you knew what worked. Um, and you knew how to get results for clients, right? And and what I, the reason I bring this up, Brandon, is it's easy to say, oh, you know what? Four or five people made all the difference, but it's like it took four or five hundred or four or five thousand to find those four or five. So you can't discount anybody. And and honestly, I've had a couple of clients that I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I have a client, like working with this client, I didn't make a lot of money. We had a good relationship. I really like this person, but this person sent me like, no. No kiss, no question, like 15 or 20 clients. And some of those clients are some of my biggest clients. And it was just because I, I was in the trenches doing the reps and I didn't know that this person's going to be a pivotal person. I could tell that what I did for this person was very impactful, but I, you know, you don't get to choose those people. So what I think is important to distinguish there is four or five made the difference, but it took four or 500 or, or whatever to find those. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really love the, the book, the Tao Te Ching. And one of the things in there that it says that I always remember is right action leads to right result. 
sometimes we get we get uh, so caught up in the results, the instant results, and in them not being there, that we move away from right action. And I think if you can stick with right action, doing the right thing for the clients, taking the right activity for your business, making the right values-based decisions, long-term, it just makes such an impact. So uh, so I appreciate you sharing that and, and letting me comment on it a little bit. Um, so, so what are you guys up to now? Where are you headed next? Obviously you, you built a business, it's doing great things, but I also know that, you know, just knowing you change is always afoot every couple of years, you kind of take that next step. Where are you guys headed? headed? What, what can people get excited about? Yeah, for sure, man. So, I mean, because of, because of COVID and because of the pandemic, uh, it forced us to start really working on our virtual experience. So we've really dove into, creating virtual experiences that normally would have been in-person experiences. And so what people can expect is we'll probably do a lot more of those because we've had a lot of success with it. And so we'll, we'll be doing more of those in the next couple of years. Uh, we're working on a second podcast and this is more of a, a, a seasonal kind of a one-time, uh, you know, one-off podcast. Hmm. Um, I, I'm in the final stages. I've got the last two episodes that I'm recording um, here in the next week that um, will complete that. And then from that um, one-off podcast, uh, the podcast is going to be called The New Work Standard. Um, we are writing a book based off of the content that we create with that. So we've got a book coming out and we've really been working on content, but in a way that we can really make it entertaining. And you know, sometimes I'll deliver content in a way that tends to be very straightforward and very cerebral, very um, you know methodical in, a, in its approach. And I've been working with uh, people that have helped me just put the entertainment value in the content that we're doing. And so I think as people listen to our existing podcast, Growth and Freedom, what they'll notice is that um, those podcasts are going to just take a different feel. They're going to have a different um, you know, kind of tone to them that we're doing. And, you know, what we're always doing is looking for ways to play a bigger game in coaching and go deeper with clients that we work with. So we're working on some awesome personal training for ourselves in coaching with some really great coaches to help us just take what we do and really go deeper. And we're looking at expanding into some things that we're doing too. So, um, man, there's so many things that we're doing. So one of the <laughs> other things that we want to do is accounting, uh, which sounds really weird, but we are going to either start an accounting firm or we are going to buy an accounting firm and we're going to completely change the way that accounting works. Accounting, one, one thing is accounting is about done in its current form because of automation, because of artificial intelligence. The, the whole days of like giving your tax taxes to an H&R block person and having them prepare a return for you um, are over. And I know TurboTax has already existed, but they're, they're, it's getting even more in depth, right? So, so for business owners who might've given their taxes to um, you know, a guy to do bread and butter tax strategy for an entrepreneur, all of that stuff is about to be automated. It's all going to go away. But what we want to do is really understand how to deliver service with accounting in a different way. Because what we've noticed about accounting is they really suck at delivering service and they really 
say that they provide accounting services, but it's very limited in what they do. So we want to take the approach of not only understanding an entrepreneur as the person in their personal returns, but how do we give them the, the sort of data and intelligence on the business side that's really exciting. So there's a lot of different businesses that we're going to buy and, and acquire um, over the next couple of years as well that I think will allow us to deliver even more uh, value and results to the clients that we work with, just taking some of the things that we know about business and changing industries um, with that information. Yeah, I love that. Are you going to be focused more on the uh, the cash flow side, the tax side, both? Both. Both. Yeah. I think those are both incredibly vital. Uh, taxes are the biggest cost in your life. And anybody who's done, come on the tax master classes that I do, you know, they get eight days worth of of me hear, hearing me say, you need to be proactive and you got to be think about this. And there are just so many things people are missing. And then the flip side of that is cash flow, right? If you mess up your cash flow, it's just like having a bu bunch of holes in a bucket where you're putting all your money and it's all falling out the bottom. And what do we do as entrepreneurs? More money in the bucket yeah. instead of like, oh, let's patch up the bucket. You know, absolutely. But, but most entrepreneurs are looking at at more money in the bucket. So super valuable. And uh, I'm excited you guys are doing that. We have created some strategic partnerships with, with people to help clients with that. But, uh, you know, obviously with my relationship with you, love to explore that and see if we can work together. So um, yeah, Brandon. So I just really appreciate you going deep, uh, sharing a lot of valuable stuff. We could probably do this for, you know, 10 hours over a, uh, over a bottle of whiskey and get, get some pretty good content. But uh, for the people who are uh, just joining us, jumped in late, didn't write it down early. How do people get in touch with you? How can they engage with you or find out more about what you guys do? Yeah, probably the best thing they can go do is go to newworkrevolution.com and, and check out what we have there. The other thing that they can look at if they're interested, we have a what we call the profit potential index. And that basically kind of looks at what profit are you missing in your own business opportunities to take advantage of. So if you go to myprofitpotentialindex.com, um, they can check out that uh, that free tool as well that just kind of audits where there's profit opportunities in their business. I love that. I love that. And we'll put the links down below for people who are, you know, if you're on online as opposed to, you know, riding around in your car or whatever, you can check those out that way. Very cool. So one thing I've started doing, Brandon, is uh, I like to give people maybe 30 to 90 seconds at the end of the podcast to just say whatever you want, whether it's related to what we just talked about, re related to business, whatever, um, shout outs, I don't care. As long as it's not too much profanity, I'm pretty good. But uh, yeah, maybe just say, take 30 seconds, 30 to 90 seconds here and just say what you need to say and share that with us. Yeah. I mean, look, this is such a tremendous opportunity for people right now. So in a time of uncertainty, in times that are challenging, this is a great opportunity for you to dig down deep into your bag and figure out what's next for you, what's next for your business. And so there's two kinds of people that are operating in the world right now. There's the people who just, uh, they see trouble on the horizon and they're like, see, they throw their hands up. I told you this wasn't going to last forever. I told you it was going to suck. And then there's the people on the other side of that who see trouble on the horizon and they say, okay, what is there for me to learn about this? What is there for me to do differently in my approach that will speak to 
the uncertainty and the times that are coming our way so that we're poised to create value and success for other people in that. So anytime we have disruption, anytime we have fear and uncertainty, take that as an opportunity to radically transform the things that you do and look for ways to create value in your business in ways that you hadn't thought of or in ways that you'd been afraid to do up until this point. And I know that's something that we've done at New Work Revolution is we've taken this opportunity to say, okay, let's blow some things up. Let's rebuild them and and do some things that we've talked about doing, but we just haven't pulled the trigger. Now's the time. I agree with you 100%. One of the things I say over and over where there's chaos, there's opportunity. And we have a lot of the first and a lot of the second right now. You just have to be willing to get out there and look for it. So Brandon, it's been a real pleasure. I just uh, really appreciate you taking all the time, sharing all the knowledge, the insights, being totally real with us and uh, you know, doing a mic drop for us. Derek, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Van Ness, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business Big Life movement. Now get out there. Create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.